The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. To look back at all the stories that went viral this week, and we're joined by Mark Paul from the Irish Times, who's with us in studio. And on the line, we have Gabija Gadaviche, political reporter with the Independent. Folks, you're very welcome to the last word. Uh, Gabby might start with you. Good afternoon to you, first of all. I want to go to a story that was quite bizarre earlier on this week, and it is the Environment Minister and Green Party leader Eamon Ryan, who is rejecting claims that he drove down to an event in Limerick with his bike in the back of a boot. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's quite a funny one. Um, It was Richard O'Donoghue that stood up in the doll, I believe it was last week, and he made the claim that um, Minister for Transport and Green Party leader Eamon Ryan um, had used his own state car, his own guarded driver, to bring down a bike to Limerick, which is about 200 kilometres from Dublin, for a photo opportunity. Um, and of course, you know, just to, I suppose, refresh your listeners' memory, if you make a claim in the doll, it is privileged. So we can't really be sued for, for defamation, even though it's not true as it later on transpired. Now, it did take the transport minister a week, but he did tweet and he said that it's not the case. I don't have um, a guard, a driver, and I don't have state car. Um, the Cancorla, Sean O'Farrell, he said that it was unfair for uh, Richard O'Donoghue to speak about Eamon Ryan like that because he wasn't present. Um, but Eamon Ryan did come out and tweet and he said that he drove down to Limerick in my own car where I borrowed a car from a local Green Party member to promote the Limerick School Cycle Bus um, programme. So a little bit of, of, of a strange one, but I suppose it just shows you how TDs and senators too can sometimes, you know, get up in their respective chambers and make claims that go on the record and they're and they're there, they're on the Dáil record, on the Shannon record. And we don't actually know if, if, if some of them are factually correct or not. Now, we haven't heard from Richard who since to see where, where he got his information from or, or, you know, what his response is to Eamon Ryan. But it's an interesting one because, of course, you do have privilege when you're speaking in the Dáil or the Shannon. And it's just an example of how, you know, a lot of things may be said when the Dáil sits three days a week. Um, you know, it's, it sits for 12 hours sometimes and a lot of TDs stand up and say a lot of things. And sometimes they may not be true, but they, don't, they go uncorrected. And it yeah. did take Eamon Ryan a whole week to come back and say that this claim was And of true. course, information gets out there and goes around very quickly. Mark, I think there's a subtext to a story like this and you see it in certain things. Is look, you're coming down here and you're saying you should be doing this and you should be living a healthier, more environmentally friendly lives. And look what you were doing out there. It's all virtue signalling. You big hypocrite. That was, the, that was the undertone of what Richard O'Donoghue said. I think Eamon Ryan will have enjoyed this because there is a trend in Irish politics of ridiculing Eamon Ryan. He does get a lot of stick. I mean, you know, Eamon Ryan falling asleep in the doll. Eamon Ryan talking about grown plants on your on your on your on your windowsill. Um, he did wait a week. Bringing but wolves back to Ireland. Remember that. Bringing one? wolves back to Ireland. Um, but 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 this is one where he came out on top. I mean, Richard O'Donoghue is an independent TD. I think he comes from the the Fianna Fáil gene pool. Um, you know, he's 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 been involved in some curious things himself. I mean, he has denied in the past that he was an anti-vaxxer and so on. So he's he's a colourful kind of a guy. But he was just completely wrong on this. Um, um, you know, the implication was that Eamon Ryan was a hypocrite because he sent his bike down in the back of a state car while he took the train. Um, he was going down there to promote um, it was cycling for schools. What Eamon Ryan, as, 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 as Gabby has already explained, Eamon Ryan said that actually he drove his own electric car down. Um, now, Justine McCarthy in the, in the Times Ireland edition actually did manage to get a second with uh, Richard O'Donoghue since, 
where he has um, declined to withdraw um, and what he said. He said actually that Eamon Ryan was still seen getting off the train and maybe I'll concede that he doesn't have a state car um, but you know I'm not sure. He, uh, his exact words were all of this is a smoke screen. Now um, look it, it just smacks of a guy who's just isn't giving up the ghost and admitting that he was wrong. Um, um, Eamon Ryan wouldn't have put out on Twitter what he put out if he wasn't pretty sure that he didn't send a car down in the boot of a state yeah, car. Yeah we want to bring just that and this is the point that we're, going, we're hearing an awful lot over the last number of weeks about people when they realise what the actual consequences of addressing climate action are, are now trying to say, look, we had this a few weeks ago with banning banning peat briquette sales that your little neighbour next door wouldn't be able to give a bag of peat briquettes to their, to their friends. All of this now is the actual consequences of dealing with climate action, but it's going to get worse for TDs in the next while when they have to start voting on these budgets. Yeah, look, and, and I think the, the trend that we have certainly seen right from the formation of the government is that rural TDs really love to hate on Eamon Ryan. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you do get these personalised attacks, um, like what you had in, in, in the doll from Richard O'Donoghue. You know, we've seen the Healy Rays have been no stranger to it also. They view the Green Party as being very anti-rural. Um, that, you know, the Greens want to leave people freezing in their homes. Of course, the Green Party would heavily dispute that. But, you know, and you do see um, Eamon Ryan see, getting a lot of flack very, very often. But the reality is, especially now, we know that the government is debating um, and evaluating its carbon budgets um, and, and trying to come down on specific figures for each sector. Um, you know, it, it's really going to, I suppose, hit home very hard for these, especially rural TDs from constituencies, yeah. rural Ireland, where, you know, some... People may not necessarily be very big fans of the Green Party, and they may say, "Well, they're trying to do this and trying to do that." And, and you might see more of these stories. Yeah, you might see more of these stories pointing out what appear to be double standards. I want to move on to a much more serious story, and Matt covered it in a good bit of detail in the last couple of days. And this is the horrific shooting in Uvalde in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and I think the attempts by. President Joe Biden to get gun reform back on the agenda, but reaching out to people who would traditionally be from a Republican background to bring them into it. And it was the speech by Matthew McConaughey, the actor at the White House the other day, and quite powerful, pointing out to people in the press audience, but also at home, that look, the only, the, the, the people here who were suffering were children. They could only identify them by pointing to their shoes. This speech was something that got a lot of attention, went viral because of who Matthew McConaughey is. He comes from a Republican background. He is somebody who is from the town Uvalde as well, but also will be seen as having political ambitions. I, I suppose looking at it, and even, yes, people say, my God, he really did nail the stupidity of it and the horror of of, of not having gun reform, does it actually make any difference to the base of the Republican Party when you see somebody from Hollywood doing this? I, I don't think that it does. I mean, people in the United States are just so entrenched on this issue on gun control and, and gun laws. And, and if you know anybody from the United States, I know some people, I have some friends from the deep south of the United States and, and sometimes I kind of, I, I cock my head and I look at them and I can't understand what they're saying. I understand everything else that they're saying. They're good friends of mine. But on this issue, I don't understand Americans in general. Um, and Matthew McConaughey, um, I, I suppose a friend of yours. I know no, this is a serious issue, but you've, you've met him, so you know he's. Uh, I, 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 I think it will 
be overstating it by to the factor of about 10,000 to say he's a friend of mine. I used to serve him <laughs> breakfast, Ian. Um, um, he, he stayed in the Morrison Hotel in Dublin when he was filming Rain of Fire in Ireland um, about 20 years ago. And I worked in the Morrison at the time and I used to serve him breakfast and I used to bring him up bottles of Grey Goose up to the penthouse as well um, when, when he stayed there. So, so definitely not a friend of mine. But get, getting back to the serious issue in, in Uvalde, as he said, he's from Uvalde and he gave a very, very impassioned speech. And then the reaction to that on Fox News, which I think uh, really illustrated how entrenched both sides are in this. They just, they just batted him away as somebody from Hollywood. I mean, they didn't even bother naming him. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those issues that the rest of the world will never understand how um, it's, it's, it's an American sickness, an American problem. And I think Matthew McConaughey's frustration and his raw emotion, you saw him slapping the lectern when he was talking about the tragedy of some of the loss of these children's lives, 19 students and two teachers. Um, and and, and he, he really caught it. Now, as you already alluded to, he does have political ambitions himself. He considered a run um, for governor of Texas um, and he withdrew from that race in November or he, he withdrew before he had to declare. He withdrew because he didn't want to stand in the way of Beto O'Rourke who was the the, 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 the big hope for the Democrats um, to, to unseat Greg Abbott in Texas. Um, but look, maybe he, will, maybe he will come back on it. He said that he spent two years thinking about whether or not to run for governor. So um, he clearly likes the sound of his own voice as well. well he's um, a Hollywood actor. He's course. a Hollywood actor and if he likes the sound of his own voice he should do well in politics. Gabby, just on that point, is it, Mark said it there, Americans have this attitude to guns. Do you even think somebody who comes from that background, who has the sympathy towards guns, who has spoken about, he does believe in the, the first, the Second Amendment rights, do you think even somebody like that, when you have the powerful Fox News network against you and they can reach, reach out to that base yeah. that need to be persuaded to give up their guns, do you even think somebody like him can do it? Well, I think it's very rarely now that I agree with Fox News, but they called him somebody from Hollywood. And look, the fact is, is that America already had a celebrity run to be president. And look how that worked out. That would be my view. You know, I think in fairness, it, it, it's not a, it's not a mystery. It's not unheard of that you see celebrities that go on to try um, their hand at politics, especially in America, if you know, if you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you look at Caitlyn Jenner. But, you know, like Donald Trump, you know, he went from a being a, a TV star into um, US president. And I, and I don't think a lot of people would think that that went down very well at all. You know, I think when it comes to politics, it is a very serious issue. And I do agree. I think in fairness to Matthew McConaughey, you know, he made this really powerful speech, it's obviously coming from a very personal place. That does not mean that you can be a politician. That does not mean that you can pull together legislation or or rule um you know the united states of america now listen donald trump did it and some people will say that he, he probably maybe knows a little bit less but you know i think i think it's an interesting idea um but look i think i think to be a serious politician to be to be the leader of the united states you have to be um somebody who is you know very knowledgeable and who's very serious about it and who understands a lot about the processes i think standing up and making a speech you know that's that's a that's a great trait to have but you need a lot more than that if you want to be yeah. president. Okay, our panel are staying with us. More on the week trending in a couple of moments. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. And you're welcome back. Ian Guider in for Matt today. We're still talking about the week trending. Mark Paul of the Irish Times and Gabby Garavitkova of the Irish Independent are with us. I want to move on to a serious story which went viral uh, this week. And this is about the Isle of Man TT races, which have been taking place over the last couple of weeks. And there have been a number of fatalities. 
And in the course of one of these sad events, the organisers announced the death of the wrong competitor, that it was mistaken identity. And it dragged on, Mark Paul, for how long? For four days, uh, Ian, it dragged on for four days. Last Saturday, um, uh, the Isle of Man TT race is just, uh, I'm sure your listeners uh, uh, know this, but, you know, it's one of the most dangerous races in motorsport. I mean, I think in in, in the peak year for death, 2005, I think 11 people were killed on that course um, over the course of the race that took place that summer. But the race was taking place last Saturday um, and there was a crash and uh, the the, the organisers of the Isle of Man TT races announced that um, Olivier uh, Lavarelle, a French uh, man, had died and that his it, it was a sidecar race, so there, there was there was there was two people involved in the crash, and they said that the other guy, um, Cesar Chanel, was uh, was badly injured. Now, four days later, a whole four days later, they come back out and they said, actually, we got a back to front. We now believe, that's what they said, we now believe that César Chanel has died uh, and that uh, and that Olivier is, uh, is is critically injured. Now for four days his family, I, I assume um, and um, Olivier's family assumed that he was uh, that he was dead and, and for four days César's uh, family assumed that it's perhaps it was a chance. It's almost impossible to understand how in this era where you know, you, you're not talking about getting on long distance planes to go and tell people. You're talking about phone calls and we do have all types of devices that can tell us who people are and check the, check their ID. They, 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 look, they said that, um, they said that in, in, in the process of making an identification that, that they're basically their process failed and they said they were going to have a thorough review of their processes. Now look, I bet they will. Um, I mean, that's an enormous mistake to make. I mean, the heartache for one family and then the, the misplaced hope for another family. Um, look, the, the Isle of Man TT races in general, the, the people going in there, Olivier and Cesaro when they're going into this race they know how dangerous a race it is there's a whole subculture around the Isle of Man TT races that I just can't get my head around um, how people can put themselves through so much danger uh, uh, for something like that And because the statistics show that every single year people die in this race three people died in it this year an Irish man died in it five years ago um, uh, Alan Bonner was his name another Irish man died five or six years before that Derek Bryan uh, it's, a, it's a disastrous race and, uh, and, and, and look uh, I mean anybody who takes part and it really really has to know that going into it. Yeah, and Gabby, the danger of motorsport, we saw it with people getting involved in this and we had even Michael Fassbender, the Irish actor, was nearly, was involved in a serious accident in the Le Mans 24-hour race. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so he was involved in a crash during a qualifying for, for the 24 hours of Le Mans race. Um, it was Porsche that tweeted the carry actor received a red flag for the crash, but, the, but that he's okay. Um, and, and during the race, his carry spun into a wall. And then, of course, the officials waved the red flag. And the, and the Eurosport commentator said that he went straight head on into the barrier. Um, they also said, look, that's a nasty one. That's not just missing a bit of bodywork. That could be a car that needs a new shell. You know, really quite a, a, a serious crash. And, and absolutely, I mean, to, to have a case of mistaken identity is just, you know, it's just the most awful story. It's, you know, it's, it's incredibly embarrassing for the organisers as well. But it just shows how dangerous, um, you know, some of these sports can be and, and, and how dedicated athletes are, yeah, you know, to have a, a huge love and passion for it. But they are risking their lives at the for, end of the day. For professionals, it's dangerous enough. But to have people, amateurs getting involved in this is just really, really the dangers of it. Let's move on to something a little bit more lighter. And this story is something I think all of us here uh, will certainly lighten up with. It's been a lot. A long and, and busy week. An Australian TV host called Zach, uh, an Australian TV host has been mocking the Irish accent of Zach Toohey on air in what I think could only be described as something which he thought might have been lighthearted, but will go down for him as a viral moment that has made him very cringe- cringeworthy. Let's have a listen to this. You know, that's not, uh, that's not what you really wanted to say. It was more like this. Ah, to be sure, to be sure. 
the evening to you. What about the crack? That bogan mullet-wearing leprechaun nailed me with an old-fashioned Liverpool kiss. Ah, the last time I copped a Glasgow handshake like that was when I nicked the bloke's Guinness at Paddy O'Reilly's and he put me on my ass like a sack of spuds. Ah, for feck's sake, I'm Zach Dewey, not Connor McKenna. Number fair play to the young fella, eh? I'll have to take him out and get on the lash and we'll have a whale of a time. I'm not too sure why they're clapping or laughing because I'm laughing more at him because there is there is a type of person who does go around the world and mocks the Irish accent but I've never heard somebody get it so awfully wrong Mark Yeah look the, yeah the biggest crime there is that it just wasn't funny you know I mean it, it really it, it sounded vaguely like a Northern Ireland accent sort of melded in with an Australian accent Zach Tui is actually from Leash um, he's been down in Australia he's a kind of a big star down there Zach Tui he's a, he's a former Leash underage uh, uh, a minor football star it went down there about a dozen years ago he's made a really really great career for himself and they just decided to just take the mickey out of him um, um, on TV. I'm not sure how he's reacted to it. It's, it's look, it, it, it's a real stereotype of the Irish. How are we supposed to react to this as Irish people? Should we really, do Irish people really get annoyed about this thing? It seems in recent years we do get very, very annoyed about it. I don't get particularly annoyed about stuff like that. I just think... That, that one is funny, but there are more serious ones where people, and we saw it, I bring Gabby in here in this one, we saw it in the BBC's coverage of the Platinum Jubilee last week. Could you escape the Platinum Jubilee coverage on the BBC? But we had uh, one of the BBC's commentators lo- uh, referring, Gabby, to when the Irish guards were doing some of their ceremonial passing by and giving the salute, calling them the mix. Uh, we are. I, 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 t- I, am, I'm, I disagree with Mark. I actually think there's a bit too much of this going on. Well, well the mix is a different one, yeah. But Well, I suppose, I mean, the real crime really was flying the, the, the tricolour, um, you know, during the Platinum Jubilee concert. Look, I, I think when it comes to the Irish accents, you know, I'm Lithuanian originally, and when I first came to Ireland, in fairness, it's really not that difficult to understand. There are some parts of the country where it is quite challenging. I know the northern, um, you know, accent, anybody from Ulster for years and years and years after I learned English, it was just so difficult to understand. But if you are going to mock the Irish accent, there are ways to do it. But that just wasn't funny and it wasn't accurate. It doesn't sound Irish at all. Um, but another, you know, embarrassment for the BBC was had to issue an apology when the Irish flag was displayed um, during the Platinum Jubilee. Now, I was very lucky in this. The only show that I will put myself at mercy to is, Lo- is Love Island for the next couple <laughs> weeks um, and I'll avoid anything else um, you know certainly don't have time to watch the Jubilee I don't really care to watch Oh either, I can but... tell you all about the Jubilee I was in <laughs> I was in England last week and there was no shortage of bunting there was no shortage of coronation chicken or corgis or replica plates of the Queen yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a real obsession. People were saying happy jubilee to one another. It was incredible. But look, each to their own. And if that suits them, you know, that's great. But yeah, so the green and white orange tricolor was, 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 was displayed. And of course, then the BBC had to come out and apologise, which, you know, really was just, you know, really poor taste, I think, from BBC. I, I, I think it did show as well, um, um, just to cut in there, in that, that, you know, when the BBC flies the Irish tricolour mistakenly in place of, of, of the Ulster banner for Northern Ireland, it shows, it kind of underlines for me how little the British or the English establishment knows or cares about this island, you know? I mean, I mean. Well, it's the same when they appropriate Irish actors and actresses and sports stars as their own. Yeah, and they did manage to do one thing. They managed to unite unionists and nationalists in indignation on this. I mean, the unionists were absolutely spitting fire over this to see the Irish tricolour 
colour. Um, and nationalists obviously were indignant about it because obviously Ireland isn't a part of the UK. I mean, I thought I thought that was far funnier than as a Zack Dewey thing to see the Irish tricolour flying outside Buckingham, Buckingham Palace in, uh, in, in, in in the Platy Jubes celebrations. <laughs> uh, just one very brief one, Mark. Uh, McDonald's pulled out of the Russian market there a number of months ago following the invasion of Ukraine. But fear not, people of Russia, you will now get a McDonald's. What is the Golden Arches becoming? The go- I, I it's, it's hard to figure out quite what it's becoming. They've released the new logo for the new, as of yet, unnamed McDonald's operation in Russia. And if you kind of tilt it sideways, it, it looks to me like an eye with two eyebrows. <laughs> but it's supposed to represent a burger and two fries. It's so a it's kind a, of a circle. A circle with two tilted kind of rectangles, long rectangles beside it. It's like an eye with two eyebrows. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to represent a burger and two fries. There's no name yet for, the, for, 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 for what McDonald's will be in Russia or, or, or the, the, shall we say, the fast food chain formerly known as McDonald's. Um, they've, they've submitted a couple of um, options in the Russian language now. I'm sure uh, uh, Gabby's knowledge of Russian is, is, is better than mine. One of them is Totsamyi, which apparently means the same one. Um, but um, look, McDonald's has been there. McDonald's, when McDonald's arrived in Pushkin Square in, in, in Moscow, it was the end. That was the real end of the Cold War. Um, um, so they're out of there now and, and we just don't know what it's going to be replaced by. Okay, Gabby, Mark, thank you very much for joining us, for going through all the big stories that went viral last week. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.